right. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday, March 18th. We are here with a new episode of the Man to Man podcast, episode 15. Um, Tom, how you doing, bud? Uh, do, do you remember anything from the other night? You know, unfortunately, New Jersey is uh, still kind of in that COVID phase. So everything closes at 10, uh, unless it's Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday. Um, so I actually, I'm, I have my cut, my cousin's coming down from Connecticut. He's joining me on my trip to Atlantic city. Uh, so he's going to come spend the night at my house. We're going to go to the bars, get drunk there. Then we're going down tomorrow at 10 AM. And then I have a weekend at Atlantic city, which you already know is how, how that's going to be. So, uh, this is really my birthday celebration from tonight forward. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I do. Do they do, they do sports gambling in AC? That's like half the reason we're going, baby. I'm gonna be putting yeah, them down on, say, uh, yeah. on some of these games, sit, bro. I would just sit at the sports book all day and start betting, and then eventually be dead. I'm I'm kind of pissed game. because I'm trying to get on BetMGM, and they're like not verifying my address when I sent them my driver's license, and I'm like, guys, this is my driver's license. This is where I live. I have confirmed it four times now. Please let me in, and they're like, no. So I'm probably gonna go over to DraftKings instead. Uh, they have two. They have like a MGM and they have. There's a DraftKings place in AC. No, no, no. I'm trying to get it verified for the app. Like I'm trying to get on the Bet MGM app. All right, whatever. Uh, yeah, I get what okay. you're saying, kind of. Uh, okay. Uh, well, that should be fun. Um, so uh, I might have to be asking you a couple questions about the outline because it seems like every time I click off of this tab where I'm running. The stream, yeah, no problem. I, I have it, it on my other it just, screen. Uh, uh, it just uh, keeps going. So, <laughs> he was literally just talking about how when he clicks off it, it closes the. <laughs> All right. Today in sports history, in 1875, there was the 37th Grand National. Tommy Pickernell wins his third Grand National aboard a hundred to six uh, chance Pathfinder. It has to be Pathfinder. There's no way it's Pathfind. Um, and in 1900, uh, there's no cricket today, unfortunately. In 1900, Ajax Football Club was formed. It was named after legendary Greek hero Ajax, who was the son of King Telamon and Paraboa. Um, and so I figured this would be a good way to start some fun facts about Brad Stevens. Um, I love Brad he, Stevens. <laughs> he broke the NCAA record for most wins as a most wins in a coach's first three years while at Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, besides uh, Butler and Celtics, he also coached uh, uh, at Illinois and uh, UCLA as well. And um, he actually played college basketball at a school that offered me to play football. DePaul University in Illinois. It's not DePaul. It's DePaul. It's like a division. Yep. Three. Yep. So I yeah, they, they, think it's about time Brad comes home. And yeah, I don't I, think Brad. I, I, and let. Uh oh. Brad Stevens isn't coming home. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't hear. You. I, you cut out for uh, for a little bit of that. Do you want to just repeat that? Uh, but the his. Uh, what to repeat what uh you said uh don't think he's coming home unless and then you cut out and then it said oh yeah uh, oh i mean unless unless jeff bezos is one of your uh 
uh, guys that gives them yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't think Brad Stevens is coming back to Butler to start coaching again for a million dollars a year. Yeah, unless he like takes a huge fall off. But I, I saw a rumor, and there was like a whole thing in the Indy Star, which is the newspaper in Indianapolis, uh, that a plane had touched down in Bloomington, which is where IU plays. Uh, plane touched down in Bloomington with Brad Stevens, Billy Donovan, and a couple of other coaches because uh, they just fired their head basketball coach. So if he goes and, and goes to IU, it'll be really sad, and he'll turn in kind of into a demon on our campus to a certain extent. But like, if but he's looking just, to come back to college, like Laval is not move. that good of a coach. I would like to see Brad come back. Uh, well, I gotta tell you, I would much rather be the coach at Indiana than Butler. Probably, um, <laughs> but I mean, he's already he's our he's our coach forever. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. If he if he ever is gonna make like a, the the leap back into college, it's probably right about now, before Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum start acting like uh, the diva superstars that they are, yep. and start asking for trades and everything. So, yeah, it would be a good time for him to go back. I still doubt he will, but. I agree. Yeah. The money is too much, and he's too good of a coach, honestly, for college, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, well, Billy Donovan was so good. Uh, it looks like you said Billy Donovan, so, I mean, yep. he might become he, – he's not the coach of the Thunder anymore, is he? No, I think he got released he or got, he didn't get uh, they, fi- they fired him last year, I think, right? Yeah, so now he's looking for work. I'd like to see Billy Donovan go down to IU. I, I would like to see I, that. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind Billy Donovan at all. I mean, if you look at it by – achievements in the past 20 years there's nothing that tops billy donovan's back-to-back national championships at florida yeah. i mean there's i mean and we probably won't see anything i would find it hard to believe that we'll ever see a back-to-back national champion in the next 20 25 30 years i i actually don't think you'll ever see it again to be honest with you yeah just because with how it's so many, hard to do yeah yeah it, well, i mean it really it's different when it's a series or like one game playoffs or something like that. But when you just have to play, what is it? 64, 32, 16, 8, 4, 3, 2, 1. When you have to play six games in a row versus teams that you don't know you're going to play, it's got to be, it's got to be tough. So, yeah. Well, Hey, um, um, unless Virginia this year goes all the way, because <laughs> they're technically reigning national champions. Yeah, they are technically. Actually, the, the funniest part is, who is the reigning ACC tournament champions? Not this year, because obviously Florida State won, I think, or Georgia Tech. I, know, I didn't watch it. I but didn't la- but in 2019. Who won it? Uh, yeah. North Carolina, I'm guessing. No, Duke. Zion. Yeah. That was the year with Zion and those guys. Oh, 29. I was thinking, okay. Yes, that is why <laughs> Coach K is a – that is why Coach K is a horrible coach, because that team got worse as the season went on. Um, in some news before we hop into NFL free agency, um, there's only a couple things that I'm going to touch on briefly. Um, Deshaun Watson has been accused of sexual assaults in three lawsuits. Uh, he says the claims are baseless. I really have nothing to say regarding that, um, until something comes out. Um, it, uh, I mean, it does seem like a time where a time in, Watson's career where if you were going to bring him down now would be the perfect time. Um, so I, so hopefully it's just some B word out there that wants to bring him down for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully it's not real. Um, I, I agree. I would, 
I've always viewed Deshaun Watson as kind of like a stand-up guy-ish. Like when he gave up a bunch of his game checks during uh, the hurricanes and the floodings. Uh, I forget what was the name of the hurricane. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Him and yeah, J.J. Yeah. Watt did like a huge yeah, relief yeah, yeah, effort yeah. for the city of Houston. In Houston, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've always viewed him as kind of like a good guy and, and a, a, an upstanding guy. So I am very much – and he's been one of my favorite players since he graduated from Clemson. Um, so I'm really hoping that a lot of these are fake um, or not a lot of them. I hope that everything is fake. Um, yeah, it's but- uh, it, it's becoming harder and harder to believe. Like I, I guess I will say I don't think Deshaun Watson is because I, like, I agree he's probably st- – I think he's a stand-up guy. Um, but I know when they came out with the report, I don't know if we talked about it on here. We might've, but the report on LSU and Les Miles when he was there and everything, I think that, I think, I think I talked to you about that, but I think that kind of stuff is happening at basically every university and it's pretty messed up. And I do tend to think that NFL, NBA, MLB players think they have that, like edge kind of like, so they're not the, they're willing to go out there and put themselves out there. So like I said, I hope it's not true, but um, just tying it back into the less miles thing. I think it's happening a lot more than people realize, which sucks. Um, uh, of the 60 or yeah, 68. No, it's like 72 teams. I don't know. However many teams there have been only eight positive tests within the tourney teams. And I haven't seen any player or coach turn up positive, so it must be a manager or something like that. So only eight is good. Um, that's good for them. Uh, I mean, it's still going to be insane if one of these teams can't, like, feel the team. But, um, I mean, because I, I know the rule is, like, say, if, uh, like, Minnesota were to, like, not be able to play. I don't even know if they're in the tournament. But then if, instead of, like, uh, uh, uh so then Louisville was who was the first team out would jump in for them. But right. say it seemed like Ohio that won the Mac can't play. They just forfeit. I'm pretty sure. Is that how that works? Because I, they won I've it. Heard, I've, I've heard it two different ways. I've heard it. They either forfeit or a team from that conference has to step up and come play. Ooh. And, but the problem is with that. Uh, I mean, you got to think that if you, if you're a one bid league like that, I mean, your second and third place teams are going to the NIT, which is the case in the MAC. Right. So I, I just, I can't imagine a team that that would be one of their like, uh, one of their contingencies. But if it is, then it is. But I, I just right. can't imagine. So, do you know what would happen if like Georgetown, who won it and won the bid, were to were to not be able to field the team because the Big East has Nova and Creighton in in the tournament already would someone else have to slot in for georgetown because that's um, technically the big east champion seed i don't know i'm looking at it right now um sure. yeah I, I i don't know for sure but um i i remember someone bringing up georgetown because it it was a weird case because they won the Big East, but the Big East obviously has a lot of. Um, Actually, they have three because I forgot about UConn. Yeah, like I, I would think that. I would think that in in place of Georgetown, it would just be the same as all other 
teams with multi-bid leagues. It'll just be Louisville, then St. Louis, and then and then when they run out of teams, they'll go to the next four. So I assume that's what it'll be like, but I, you, you have to hope it doesn't end up coming to that because if it ends up coming yeah. to that, then the whole tournament's screwed up. So yeah, there's um, always there's going to be an asterisk next to it if it happens. Oh, of course. So, um, all right, what do we get next? Okay, um, the a uh, new thing in the uh, historically black colleges, the uh, the HBCU Legacy Bowl uh, was just announced. Platform. I just want to make sure I was still on there. Uh, it will provide a platform uh, for HBCU players um, to. It's basically like the Senior Bowl, but for HBCU players. Uh, the senior bowl for HBCU football players, uh, where NFL scouts are going to be welcomed in to watch and, and take notes on these HBCU players. Um, I think it's a great thing that's happening. Uh, and I think that it's going to be very beneficial for those players to get some more exposure and it could potentially lead to more steals being found in the draft. Yes. Well, exactly what Tom said. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to click off it anymore. What's the next thing on my? Sure, I got you. Uh, So Vanessa Bryant revealed the names of at least one police officer who took pictures at the crash site. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, I I, I've been reading about this a little bit over the last couple months. I mean, she has a legal case. I just I just don't know why you would want to have to bring all the memories of that back in. Like I, I just. I didn't hear anything about the case. What exactly is the, the- uh, basically for the sheriffs that were the first responded to the uh, helicopter crash, they took pictures and released it to like news agencies and which they were not supposed to do, obviously. Right. And Vanessa Bryant obviously ended up showing up on online places and Vanessa Bryant didn't like it. And so now she is trying to, I got either sue them or yeah, it's an inv- get something like that. But like I said, I don't know why she would do that just to bring up old bad memories. I mean, yeah. she's got enough money from Kobe. Um, even though I hear there is like an issue between Vanessa and Kobe, Kobe's mom. Like with something going on there. I don't know. I, like I said, it's a terrible subject to bring up. So I just don't know why she would go on to go through just to get a, another million dollars. It just doesn't make sense to me. But if it really means that much to her, whatever, do it. Right. But I just, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay. What's next? Sure. Um, Unless you got something else on that. I, I, no, like no, I no. I, I, I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't be bringing it up, honestly. Yeah, it's um, it's finally now like kind of outside of everyone's head. We've kind of moved on, moved on in the good way, not in obviously a bad way, but like we've moved on. They're playing basketball again. Like, why bring that all to the forefront of the news coverage right now? So, right. But some people are different. Who knows? Uh, so uh, then, oh, then- oh yeah, I just remembered the thing that between uh, Vanessa and Kobe's mom is Kobe's mom used to watch the kids, and like they didn't pay her, and now she's like suing Vanessa for like a couple million dollars for all the times that she took care for of the kids. Babysitting services, babysitting yeah. your grandkids. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's a weird thing. And like I said, it just brings up bad things. So I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's what money does to people, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to comment on that. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so the last bit of news is uh, the Broncos have released Philip Lindsay, uh, the feel-good story running back, into the free agency pool. Are we at all surprised at this? I'm surprised uh, a little bit. Wait, does does Melvin Gordon play for Denver too? Yeah. Okay, I'm not as surprised. You don't really need two of the same running backs, and Melvin Gordon is basically a bigger version of Philip Lindsay. A better um, version. Yeah, bigger, better, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield better. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what his market is. I can't he imagine. He could be a really gonna... nice piece of a of a duo. He could be a really good secondary guy, but he's not going to be your 1A. He'll be your 1B or even your 2. Yeah, um, I don't know. I could, I could see him going to a place like San Francisco where they just have running backs that, yeah. I mean – they just they just have like five running backs that all somehow average like five yards a carry, um, so I could see him going there. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm not that surprised. Um, what's next? Are we going to do brackets next, or what was next? Uh, so you have free agency, but I'm okay. Good to yeah, also I do want to do brackets. Yeah, I want to do free agency first, and then we sure. can finish with the brackets. Um, all right. So yes, obviously, the biggest news ever. Well. We didn't really miss any of the Jets news because I think that a lot of that happened on Tuesday with like Davis or at least Monday night, I guess. I don't know. But the Browns signed John Johnson, uh, basically he was the leader of the best defense in the NFL last year on the Rams. Um, this was such a shock to me because it, it, nowhere in my mind did I think that he would want to come to Cleveland. Like I yeah. didn't have – like. If I could have put, I mean, like probably other than Justin Simmons, the he would probably be my. If I had thought that he would had a chance to get him, he would have been my second free agent, like uh, safety. But I didn't think they had any chance. And like I said, I was ready to go to bed on Monday night and finally figured it out. So uh, yeah, it, I it, was it, really good. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just I was really surprised that he was leaving. Los Angeles, in all honesty. So was I. Because, like, I, I knew they were in salary cap hell, like, just as bad as the Saints kind of salary cap hell. And I just was like, they're going to find room because he was literally the heart and soul of that defense. And they yeah, didn't. And, <laughs> yeah. I, it, well, I mean, the Rams always do weird things. I mean, it seems like every year uh, Sean McVay just feels like somehow he's going to do this with his roster and it's going to be new and something. Um, but I mean, I don't hate them for cutting him. I mean, if you think about it, safety is usually one of the more replaceable um, options. But I mean, the fact that, I mean, the Browns needed a safety help. Now they're, I mean, now for the Browns, like you really don't even have to worry about Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit, Grant Delpit coming back this year and being healthy and playing above average is just an added bonus. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I think with those three, as long as Delpit comes along with Harrison, Johnson, and Delpit, uh, I think you could see Delpit playing a lot in the slot. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. You don't need necessarily fantastic corners. Like a lot of a lot of teams, when they when they get their nickel and their slot corners or, or their slot coverage guys, they usually tend to grab corners. But now with Delpit, right. he's allowed to kind of do um, a little bit of hybrid. So I'll just finish up my Browns and I'll let you do your Jets and I'll let you do the rest of the free agency because you know way more. <laughs> um, but I'll just finish up the Browns. Uh, they also signed to Carson McKinley. 
who at first I thought it was a great pickup because I didn't think they expected him to be the guy that started opposite Miles Garrett. Apparently they think he might be, he could be the guy to start opposite Miles Garrett. I graded it originally a B plus signing, but if they really think, think that he's going to be the guy opposite Barrett or Garrett, then it's, it's down to like a C plus B minus. Cause I just don't think he's not consistent enough to do it. Um, but it was a good signing. And then finally, after days of waiting, and I honestly thought he was for sure gone. The Browns finally re-signed Rashard Higgins, um, two or one-year deal, two point three eight million, which is a huge. Which is he still stayed for a? I mean, he still stayed for a hometown discount, but it's a big upgrade from what he was making last year, which was nine hundred and ten thousand dollars. And if the Browns ended right now in free agency, I would not. I think they still need to go out and get another edge rusher and probably a corner, but I wouldn't be super mad if they just, if they went into next season like this. So uh, I guess that's kind of all I have to say about that. Like I said, I wasn't really all in on the Hendrickson uh, guy. Uh, It just thinks like he was too inconsistent. Um, He led the NFL in sacks, I thought, didn't he? Yeah. Last year. That was his only good year. It was his only good year. Yeah, Um, Came out of nowhere. yeah, um, and I wanted them to sign Carl Lawson. Um, I I think their best option for de- edge help, def- defensive line help, is going to be in the later rounds of the NFL draft. And also, uh, you just got to look at free agency. You got you maybe give JV and Clowney a shot. Give them a one year deal. Um, yep. I don't know who else is what cor- corners are out there. Uh, oh, I thought. Uh, well, I'll let you go first, and then I'll bring him up later. So right. I'm sure. Hey, you got to remember though the the Browns still have their draft picks that they can get those edge rushers for. Yeah, so would, yeah. I'd be focusing on corner and free agency personally. If I were the Browns, I would be focusing on corner in the draft because J.C. Horn is going to fall for them. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> I love I your have. positivity. I love the positivity. No, I mean, <laughs> if you really are going to stick at twenty six, uh, I mean, I think Zayvon Collins is. I think who that's who they will take eventually because I don't think JC Orange sticks around as long. Um, but that's still, I don't think Zayman Collins is really helps you with, uh, like a super much on the, on the um, yeah. uh, edge rushing kind of thing. I mean, he is capable of it, but he's more yeah. of a coverage. Uh, he's basically uh, the, what, what I've scouted him. He's a, he's a middle linebacker and in, in playing an outside linebackers position. Yeah. I, he's very versatile is how I described him. Uh, he has oh, the yeah. ability to play on either side of the ball, whether it's weak or strong. Uh, he's very good at dropping back into coverage and holds his own when he's rushing. So, like, he's a very yeah. raw player, but he's he's very complete in the sense yeah. that he can do yeah. everything. He just needs to and polish up on some skills. He he's another guy that's built for today's NFL. Like, if after two or three years, if he wanted to, he could probably make the change to a strong safety. He could. Uh, can he? Is he? Is he built like that? He's six four, two hundred something. I mean, he's bigger than like Isaiah Simmons. But I also think that Isaiah Simmons is almost too skinny to be playing a, a strong safety. But I don't right. know. Whatever. So go on with your Jets because they also had a what had to be a, a couple uplifting days. I will say. Yes. So I have a list here that of 
all of the free agent signings, and we can go over some of the bigger ones too. Uh, but for the Jets, obviously the the only piece of news that we had when we recorded Monday's show was that they had franchise tagged Marcus May. And since then, they signed Gerard Davis, the former first-round linebacker from the Lions, uh, to a one-year $7 million deal, which I think is an absolute steal because Davis has the ability and, and has the, the physical traits to turn into a stud linebacker. He just needs the right coaching, and I think with Robert Sala at the helm, he can he can revamp Gerard Davis's career. Then they went out and signed Carl Lawson to a three-year, forty-five million dollar deal uh, with a max value of forty-seven point four million. I thought it was a little. What, what, what was that deal? Just say it again. Three years, forty-five mil that get uh, has a max value of forty-seven point five mil. That's not terrible. It's not. It, the great, only thing that's not terrible. The only thing that irks me was the thirty mil guaranteed. Um, that yeah. I felt like that's a little bit much, but not enough to make me hate the signing. Um, no. he's going to, he's going to be playing alongside Quinn and Williams, which is just going to be so much fun to watch. It's not going to be teams just doubling the one side. Now they're going to have to worry about both. Um, and then the biggest signing that the jets had was signing Corey Davis from the Tennessee Titans to a three year, 37 and a half million dollar contract. Uh, Corey Davis was not my number one or even my number two option coming into free agency of who I wanted the Jets to sign at wideout. I think he, but I think he was maybe like our fifth option, fourth no, or he was fourth like or top, fifth. yeah, third or fourth, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we had obviously Allen Robertson and Godwin. Robinson, Godwin, and then Godwin, I was like, okay, Galladay, Galladay was my three. He's still so on the market, we'll have to talk about him. Yeah, go ahead. So then you know Corey Davis, or you could throw out. I saw a report today. The Jets are apparently talking with Juju, and here's my only thing that I have to say about Juju. We're looking to get a receiver. We're not looking to boost our social media posts through TikTok. So I don't want Juju anywhere near my team because he can't compete with other wide receivers that are still out there. I'll create. Uh, I'll create a little trailer for this for this episode, and I'll just. I'll... <laughs> oh no! He cut out. I didn't get to hear it. Oh man! <laughs> I'll just put it on Twitter and I'll be like, "Push me!" All right. All right. Um, my back. Yeah. My back. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I will say the I love the Corey Davis signing. I think it, I think he's built to be a number one receiver. It'll just be weird in the beginning to see how he officially like reacts to being a number one receiver. Because I mean, he has that AJ Brown before but i think he has the perfect build and the perfect uh like the perfect set of skills to be your number one receiver in the afc right and it's really good because he doesn't really need to take on the workload that number one receivers really need to because we do have jay crowder who has a connection with quarterbacks that he's played with because he is like that short route guy that'll go and do something with the ball and you got to remember, we drafted Denzel Mims, who has the build to be a number one receiver and could potentially be a number one receiver. So I think that bringing a guy like Corey Davis is going to mesh really well with the other two guys that we have going forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like the signing. I don't think the money is too atrocious. Um, it's around 16 a year, right? Is that what the math is? Yeah. Or no, 12. Excuse uh, me, 12 a year. A little bit more than 12. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we never mentioned, we never mentioned uh, the Brown signed Johnson for, it was three years, 33.75, I think. 
just we never mentioned that. I just want to throw it. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, I I didn't no, I, have I the number. Until I think it was like refreshed. Yeah. But no, I think Corey Davis is. I think that's a good signing. Uh, I mean, it, from everything that seems to be happening, it seems like they're gonna. Well, I guess it, it doesn't seem like that. Um, so I, I guess the, my biggest question to you is. I think you want Sam Donald to stay. I don't think, I think they're building up a team for Zach's for Zach. Uh, Wilson. Yes. So I, I don't want to necessarily say that it's being built specifically for Wilson or Darnold. I think they're just trying to get the most amount of talent around whoever they're going to build around. Like Corey Davis is a guy who, yes, he can go deep and handle the deep ball duties, but he can also run the short and mid game and is really adept at route running. Same thing with Jay Crowder and Denzel Mims. We got to see what he's going to do. But I agree. They are trying to build for the future, and whether or not that includes Sam Darnold is still up in the air. Um, I only don't want Wilson because I don't like the unknown, I guess. I don't like drafting quarterbacks because if you look back in the past at quarterbacks taken in the first round, there are a lot more – busts than there are hits you know what i'm saying yeah um so right before this i i forgot to tell you also i had i was interviewing um the uh so like the division one has fbs and they have like the ap poll fcs uses what's called stats it's like a group it's whatever i uh i interviewed the their senior editor about the, how the FCS kind of came along and everything. And the biggest problem I, I am, it, this is about Zach Wilson nowhere. The biggest problem with Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance is there's not a lot of film out on them. You just don't know for yeah. sure what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what uh, Craig said to me. He was like, and, and the fact that, I mean, he didn't put it this way. I put it this way, but, Trey Lance's last game, if you think about it, um, was last fall when he th- was 15 for 30 and threw uh, the only interception in his career. And I kind of asked him, I was like, so that had to be a failure, right? He's like, they don't want to say it like yeah, that, but yeah, it didn't really help. And so I just think, I think it's really hard to take a quarterback like Wilson, number two, after having just one year of film on him. And right. granted that year of film is against, Mountain West opponents. Right. And the, the times that he did go he had, in and play. What was yeah, that? In, the, in the biggest game of the year against Coastal, he, I mean, he did yeah. okay, but they lost. I was just going to bring that up. The only time that he played a, a big name team or a team that was just as good as them, they lost. And he played average at best. He didn't put the team yeah. on his back and carry them to victory. Or he didn't even and, put them on his back and they just weren't good enough to win. Like, yeah, it and, was a very mediocre and, game. <laughs> Yeah, and I know we talked about it before, and I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds stupid. How are you a quarterback and you're not a captain? It, it, and it sound, and I know it's from the movie. It sounds stupid, but especially at a place Nobody like Nobody came to his birthday. Question asked. <laughs> I, I just, I, um, maybe there's something like it's not a big deal or something, but like BYU, like if you're a quarterback, you're a captain. And it, it just surprised me that it wasn't. So, I yeah. So I I hope for your sake they don't take Zach Wilson. I I, hey, look, I think if they they could add. A, go ahead. 
I, I just oh, think no, they can add would... a huge offensive piece. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if they Go were ahead. to say like, look, we really do need a quarterback. I would much rather them take Justin Fields and I am not a huge Justin Fields believer, but at least there's some tape on him and there's tape on him versus legitimate programs. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of said it in the beginning once this, once it was, be, I, I don't know if you saw it, but online, uh, there was like a, a, it was like a chart that had, it was X, Y chart that had, uh, like where Fields, Lance and, uh, Lawrence and, uh, Wilson were all like where they were all projected to go in mock drafts. And it starts out like from the beginning from. like earlier this year until like now and it's just you got me you're you're still cutting out really bad like you're going in and out you got me? And, uh now your video is frozen but i get your audio just continue free agency i'm going to try and switch my internet just continue with free agency i'll be back on yeah i was just going to go down through some of the big signings i'll kind of yeah. touch on each of the uh four our divisions on the side so yep uh, so if we're going to just start with the AFC East, because that's who I pulled up, uh, former Saints wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders agrees to one-year contract with the Bills. I love this signing for the Bills. They get a secondary guy to Stephon Diggs. Uh, it's a huge deal. Love it for them. And it gives Josh Allen another weapon that is only going to add to how deadly the offense is. Um, they, the Bills also signed Daryl Williams. Uh, to a three-year contract worth $28.2 million with 14 guaranteed. I'm going over the bills. Uh, I just said Emmanuel Sanders signing. Um, huge, huge, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, they, they after losing John Brown or letting John Brown walk, they needed someone else to be able to catch the ball. I mean, you have to think about it. I, I would think that Stefan Diggs next year is, I mean, he's clearly going to be double teamed, but he's still going to probably a- attract – 18 to 20 targets a game. So yeah, just like, just, need just to... like D hop does with Arizona. Yeah. Um, so they, that, that's a good signing. Yeah. And then they assigned Daryl Williams uh, to a one year deal or three year contract with $28 million of 14 guaranteed uh, boosting the O line. <laughs> that's fine with me. I mean, if he worked for you to get to the AFC championship, then he can work for you. Yep. And then uh, did we talk about Matt Milano? I feel like we did on last. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. Okay. Didn't they re-sign him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Re-signed him to four years, forty-one million dollars, twenty-one mil guaranteed. That's a in in even now how more numbers are coming out. That's a good deal for him. It's a really good deal. Very very good deal for out um, for how many numbers are coming out from all the guys now. So yeah. Right. Miami. Um, they signed Jacoby Brissett to a one-year deal, five million dollars, uh, worth up to seven point five million dollars. I think this is a great backup plan in case Tua doesn't work out. Um, Because Brissett, although he wasn't a starter last year, when he has been in the starting role and he has come in mid-season to fill in for the starter, uh, he's he's very consistent with what he does. He doesn't put up the best numbers, but he's consistent with the good numbers that he puts up. Um, So I think that that's a really good signing. I I just want to say this. This is going to be. I know I have hot take at the end, but this will be my hot take. I really think the Dolphins need to draft a quarterback. I don't hate, I don't hate Tua at all. 
But if you look at the rest of their roster, it is built to win now and win for the next yep. couple of years in foreseeable future. So the chances that even if like you're bad, the fact that your defense and the rest of your the positions around the quarterback are good enough means you're not going to be picking in the top five, probably for another five years. Right. So I, if, if you're not completely sold on Tua, like, like if they're completely sold on Tua, then that's fine, whatever. But if you're not completely sold on Tua, I think you, I think you do yourself a good service by drafting one of the guys. Yeah. Josh Rosen and bro. I mean, I, I mean, even after Josh Rosen, I mean, they were still able to get a second round pick for him, which is crazy right. considering I don't think Rosen's played a game since he's not uh, I don't he, think he's ever been the the actual backup. I think he's been a third string or lower uh, ever yeah, since. He uh, he it, it's crazy because like I mean, he's not even like you think he would at least be a solid backup in the NFL. Yeah, he's not even the backup anymore. Like it's just weird. But yeah. I think I think they would do themselves a huge favor if they drafted one of the Right, and, and Tua least, will go, and then, and then, and then you at least tell your fan base in the future, be like, "We did what we could for two years. We drafted quarterbacks two years straight. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. It wasn't necessarily our fault." But yeah, right. So, well, and Tua's going to go for more than a second. Like it, he's not broken or damaged goods no, like Rosen yeah, yeah, was after could, his first year. I. I, I have to think the Saints would give up their pick for him. I have, well, like the Saints wouldn't be, that's, uh, of course, I would say the only team in the NFC that wouldn't give up their pick for him because they like Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I just, yeah. Anyway, uh, it, Miami yeah, he also. Would draw, he, would draw, he would draw either a first round pick or, if not a first round pick, like the first three picks in the second round. Right. Um, Miami also signed Malcolm Brown, uh, to a one-year deal. That's worth $1.75 million. He's not going to be the starter. I think that they're going to try and either draft someone or go for another big name that's still out there to join that cluster. That is their running back room. <laughs> Who they signed? Malcolm Brown. Uh, he was with the Rams. I thought he was a defensive tackle. There might be another guy named Malcolm Brown. I think there is, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, finally, to round out, because I already talked about the Jets and their signings, um, we need to talk about the Patriots, dude. I mean, holy I crap. I, I don't I, – see, but this is like the – I'm still on the the on board the, the idea that it's not going to work out completely for him. I sort of agree, but oh, man. The, the laundry list of big names they went out and spent. I think in the first three hours, and I forget where I saw this, but I think I saw a post on Instagram. In the first three hours of free agency, Bill Belichick spent $156 million, I, which is so just not the Patriots' MO. Like, well, what, what it's pretty clear what they're trying to do. Um, I mean, they're trying to buy, buy the team back from – like the, their last Super Bowl, 2019, 2018, whatever it was, they're trying to buy that team back. I mean, like they just signed Van Noy again. Yeah. I, like, so they're literally trying to just bring that 2019 team back. To, and what people don't also realize about the Colts or the uh, Patriots is like, I think at least two of their starting linebackers opted out this season. I think Dante Hightower and yep. someone else did. Yeah. So, they're going to be set at linebacker. 
it, it's just it, I just I still don't think Belichick can do it without a good quarterback. Yeah, and well, and they re-signed Cam for uh, thirteen point six million dollars. Like I, you don't even know how terrified I am that the Patriots are going to get their hands on Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and they're just going to win the Super Bowl for the next fifty-five years. Like that can't happen. We need we need to start something across the league that makes sure all the good quarterbacks are gone before them. Honestly, like, I think they will because they're not. They're not going to trade up. That's the one thing I think no. Belichick will never do is they're not going to trade up for a guy, and other teams will trade up to get one of those four quarterbacks. I, I I could see them. I could see them landing with like like a Kyle Trask in like the second. That would round. piss me off. That would really piss me off if that happened because they you, well, you know, know you know they're going to land. Spot. They're going to land one of the top ten quarterbacks in this draft class. They're going to get him, and well, it's just so. I don't know what to say about it because I'm just – I'm so beaten down by it. Like, like I have this thought in my head like where I'm so excited that I – because I don't think it's going to work out really and I think they're going to suck and everyone – but then on the other side of my head, I'm like, this is 100% going to work out for them and they're just going to be Super Bowl champs again. I have to just read the list just because I have to because I did it yeah, for I don't, think, I don't think I know actually have them, so yeah, read it. So I'm just gonna start at the top. They re- they signed Cam Newton. Like I said, it's a deal up worth up to 13.6 million dollars. Uh, base value of I'm not gonna break down this contract. It's worth 13.6 yeah. million dollars. Then they went out and signed Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Aguilar got two year contract worth 26 million dollars, and uh, Kendrick Bourne got three years 22.5 million dollars. So they they went out and got receivers because the receiver room sucks. Then the big, the biggest signings that they did, they signed both Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. Johnu Smith signed for four years, fifty million dollars, and Hunter Henry signed for three years, thirty-seven point five million dollars. That's not even I, half the list. Like, well, I mean, I just, I don't think that's smart. Well, I think it's smart because I hope they're just planning on sticking with one of those tight ends. I mean, they had success with. With Aaron Hernandez yes. and Gronk when they did it. They're tr- he's trying to rebuild that. Yes, he's he's trying to rebuild the Patriots. He's trying to basically make a headless Patriots team in the head is Tom Brady. So he's making a head headless Patriots team that he can find a head somewhere to stick on it. Right. Like so I then it's it just sucks. Go ahead. It really sucks. They traded for Trent Brown from Las Vegas. So yes. they, I think they traded a fifth to get Trent Brown and a seventh, which holy, that's that's a fleece. Like yeah, the, the Raiders so- always take anything that have a better pick involved. They don't even look at they look at the trade other than the picks. Um, I mean, I mean, it, it's going to be funny when the the Patriots come out next year and they're running like Navy's offense. <laughs> You're right. That's. I mean, they're, they're, that's Bill exactly Belichick. I feel. I feel like this is like his new goal is to find a quarterback and create a new offense in the NFL. He's gonna yeah, do. No, it. He's gonna be the visionary. I, um, it's, I. The only thought in my head is that after Tom Brady won this last Super Bowl, I think I finally think it all along it's been Brady. 
But if it comes down to the fact that it really has been Belichick too, I might just quit football forever. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if, don't if know. Belichick finds a way to to make Cam Newton an MVP candidate, I'm going to stop watching football because we have to. I, I mean, <laughs> there are players in like high school football right now that are better than Cam Newton at throwing the ball. At throwing the ball, yeah. Not running, but he's not really running the ball either. And Cam Newton, he's also one of the dudes that you would think, looking at him, that would never survive in New England. He's all about like his flashy style. Yep. He writes in like he writes in like hieroglyphics. Like <laughs> you just immediately when he signed last year, I was like, this is not going to work out, and it didn't really work out. It didn't. But now, but now, I like I said, they're just going to be running Navy's offense next year right. with Cam Newton there. I have to finish this list. Uh, Ted Karras signed a one-year, $4 million deal. Diedrich Wise Jr. signed a four-year contract worth $30 million. Devon Gorcho, I'm assuming his name is. Gorcho. Uh, two-year deal up to $60 million. Henry Anderson signed a two-year, uh, $11 million deal. Matt Judon from the Ravens signed a four-year, $56 million deal. Obviously, you mentioned before they signed Kyle Van Noy to a two-year deal worth $13 million. Justin Bethel re-signed for a three-year, $6 million deal. And then they got Jalen Mills from the Eagles on a four-year, $24 million contract. And that is the end of the list. That is the end of one division. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just going to speed through There Were there any huge signings with the AFC North? Uh, Kevin Zietler signed with the Ravens. Um, yeah, uh, that was another one where Browns fans uh, all over. I think I told you about it last time. It yep. seems like we're still in the phase where if any decent team cuts <laughs> a player, we just want them. I mean, the cries for Kevin Zeitler when we probably had the best right guard in the league last year, the cries for Kevin Zeitler were they were a bit much. I was like, guys, we don't need Kevin Zeitler back. We We have found a better version of him, and he's cheaper right now. Right. So that, that was another one where guys were like, yeah, but we could have him as a backup. Like, oh, so we're going to pay $25 million for a backup just yeah, because well, he just because he once played for like, yeah, no. The Ravens signed with three years, $22 million deals with 16 guaranteed. I mean, you're not paying that for a backup. No. Um, Zeidler is good, though, but Zeidler is more of – He's more of a, like an agile guy. He doesn't necessarily fit the mo of a of a Ravens offensive lineman. He's not right. more. He's 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 more of a pass protector than a power run. But I mean, they're they're guards. I mean, they have strength. They can do whatever they want. Right. Um. I already, we already talked about the Bengals signing Trey Hendrickson. Uh, that was the only big thing that they've done. The Steelers haven't signed anyone, and your Browns, you already went over. In the AFC um, South, what? All right, we'll get through these. Come on. We still got to do college basketball, bud. I know. I'm just going to speed through them. Uh, AFC South, the Texans signed Tyrod Taylor uh, to a deal up to $12.5 million in case Deshaun Watson sits out. Um, when Deshaun Watson doesn't play for them. Right, or he's suspended or whatever it may be. Um, they also signed Mark Ingram uh, to come – play the, the, I guess, the compliment to David Johnson, if there is such thing. Um, and they also acquired Shaq Lawson in a trade uh, with the Dolphins uh, and them, uh, McKinney, their their linebacker. Um, for their, yeah. The Colts haven't made any huge moves other than trading for Carson Wentz, obviously, and they re-signed Marlon Mack to a one-year deal. Um, 
The Jaguars are in a race with the Colts, actually, to see who can end free agency with the most money. Um, so they haven't done any huge moves. They signed Carlos Hyde back to their team, and Marvin Jones are the two big guys that they signed. Um, uh, and they also yeah. signed Shaquille Griffin from the Seahawks. Uh, the Titans signed Bud Dupree. Uh, I know you were looking for him on the Browns. Are you surprised that he went to the Titans at all? No, not surprised. And I, the price tag that he was going to fetch, I didn't really want him anymore. Anyways, right. I, we, we can't, I, I, with what the team is now, we can't lie. Like we can't um, pay a 28 year old linebacker for five more years. It's just not worth it. Right. Uh, we got some breaking news here on the show. Mitch Trubisky is joining Buffalo as a backup. Hey, he's going to enjoy that a lot more than he enjoyed uh, Chicago. So uh, why he's signing with another cold city when he plays in or played in North Carolina, I don't know. <laughs> oh, he grew up in Ohio. Uh, yeah, that's true. I guess that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that is incredibly weird. I forgot what I was going to say about that. Yeah. Uh, so I feel really bad for Bears fans. Um, they basically went from like dreaming of Russell Wilson to the nightmare that is Andy Dalton. Like that, that has to suck. Like just going thinking like, you know what it's against, we probably won't do it, but there have been things about it. So Watson, Andy Dalton. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, that had to be just devastating for bears fans to be like, just, they were, I mean, Nick Foles is probably a better starter than Andy Dalton. We're going to have a competition on our hands. What can we say? <laughs> Unbelievable. I feel um, so bad for Bears fans. I'll just only finish up the AFC because, like you said, we got to get into college basketball. Uh, Denver hasn't really done anything other than tag Justin Simmons and sign Ronald Darby to a three-year, $30 million deal. Yeah, they resigned um, Von, Von Miller. They Yeah, they did execute the club option. Uh, for some reason, that's not on here. And they also re-signed uh, fan favorite Shelby Harris, uh, the defensive tackle, I guess. Um, yeah. The Chiefs signed Joe Thune on a five-year, $80 million contract. See, that's he- what's so weird about the Patriots not signing. Like, you figure that would have been like, for a rebuild, that would have been like Belichick's first choice. Like a standout offensive lineman, but... Right. So it's kind of weird, but it makes sense for him to go to the Chiefs too because I think they have – they now have one offensive line player. Well, they actually have two because they talked Kyle Long out of retirement and he is also signing with the team. Chris – Kyle Long? Kyle Long, the the guard. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, so he's now out of retirement, signed with the Chiefs. Uh, We also got some other news that I guess I missed – because I never saw this until just now, the Raiders signed Kenyon Drake to a two-year, $11 million deal. Uh, I hate that signing. I absolutely despise that. Why? Because uh, Josh Jacobs is more than capable of being a workhorse back. Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Did you want Kenyon Drake or something? <laughs> no, I didn't want him. I just thought that he would have made better – I, I, I thought he would go to the Bills. Or, I, thought he, I thought he would have made better life decisions. <laughs> no, I thought he would have made like a better starter than some of the other guys in the league. Um, but I, he's going to be playing a backup now because Josh Jacobs is their future. Um, the Raiders signed Kenyon Drake. 
Uh, uh, John Brown signed with them after he being released from the Bills. Uh, Richie Incognito re-signed. Yannick Ngakwe, they got their defensive end and their edge guy. Uh, Two-year, $26 million deal. Um, and Yannick Ngakwe. With who? The Raiders. Okay. Um, they also signed Solomon Thomas to play another defensive line uh, spot he for them. Really, he never really, really lived up to what he could have been. Right. And then to finish out the AFC and to finish up our free agent talk, uh, the Chargers signed Jared Cook this morning to a one-year $6 million deal. They also landed Matt, I'm going to butcher his name, Filler. Filer? Yeah. Cool. Filer to a multi-year deal. And they also landed Corey Lindsley from the Packers on a five-year $62 million deal. And the uh, 49ers locked up Trent Williams for the largest – Offensive lineman deal in the history of football. Um, and Fitzmagic signed with the Washington football team because that is the great. only piece of new we need. <laughs> that, that's a great signing. The Jets Fantastic. are going to be mad they didn't. The, the Jets are going to be mad they didn't sign him. I'm um, mad they didn't sign him. <laughs> um, uh, the last thing I have in for agency is shockingly. Uh, well, I guess not shockingly. Everyone's trying to cut, make cuts, but. Uh, Adoree Jackson got cut by the Titans. I would love to see the Browns look into him. Since 2018, he's the fourth top-rated cover corner on the outside. So that would be huge if we could pick up a guy like him. I also wanted to look into Richard Sherman. I would rather not have to get a, a corner out of the draft because right. last time we did that, he's been out for two years now. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, also, guys that – uh, you could look into if they're a little bit younger. Uh, it might get them for a longer term. That I also want the Jets to look at. Uh, Brian Poole, who is a current Jet or was a Jet, um, and Desmond King from the Titans. He used, It was a longtime guy from the Chargers. Traded him last season. I think he'd be a really good addition. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, some college basketball. Um, so which, which two do we not do? Uh, so we did not do the South and the Midwest. Okay. Well, then we're just going to do the same thing we did last time. Uh, I hope you have it up. I do. Uh, okay. So the first game is going to be Baylor-Hartford. Baylor. Baylor. Uh, uh, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, I just hope Baylor doesn't lose to a 16 seed. <laughs> Uh, probably the most important game of the week for Justin, North Carolina versus Wisconsin. I, I've been seeing split reports on this. Uh, North Carolina has the advantage in a big way in the front court, and Wisconsin has the advantage in a big way in the back court. Um, they have Travion Jackson. Um, I still think North Carolina wins because, like I said, they have more talent than Wisconsin. Um, but – uh I'm hoping it's a close game. I don't really am not expecting much from North Carolina this year, so I just kind of hope it's a close game. I would right. love to see just more. I, I want to see just more good basketball in the tournament. I agree. Um, I have Wisconsin winning it uh, strictly because rebounds uh, tend to help the winning team. And like you said, Wisconsin's got the big men. Um, but I know that's, that's, that's literally not at all what I said. I missed it then. I meant North, uh, North Carolina. Carolina as the edge yeah. in the front court. And, no one, in the, and no one in the country rebounds as well as North Carolina does. So you might want to re rethink here. Yeah, this might be the wrong bracket because I did my main bracket and then I did five others that have like a bunch of different things. 
Yes, North Carolina. Like yeah, this is this is my third bracket. I wanted to click on my first bracket. Um, <laughs> my bad. Um, so now that I'm on the correct bracket, Villanova versus Winthrop. I think. I think Winthrop has a really good chance. I actually, I'm gonna pick Winthrop. I'm going uh, Winthrop as well. Gillespie's out for uh, Nova. Um, they just don't seem like it me to a team. They don't seem to me that, like a team that's gonna come in and like start off hot. I mean, they they were hotter in the beginning, in the middle of the season, than they were at the end of the season. So I mean, they're kind of coming in the March limping. So yeah, I like Winthrop. And Winthrop, uh, I mean, I think they lost one game this year, so um, they should be pretty solid. But then again, Jamie, uh, Jamie, whatever his last name is, is a great coach. So we'll see. Right. Um... Next game is Purdue versus North Texas. Uh, uh, Purdue's playing at home, so I like Purdue. I also like Purdue, but I I think Purdue because they are playing mainly in Indiana. It's it's basically going to be a home game every time for them. I think they could go a lot deeper than some people are thinking, and I know that a lot of people have been talking about it on ESPN during the bracketology segments or whatever. But I think Purdue could be a really sneaky. Uh, sweet 16 or, or not sweet 16 sneaky elite eight play potentially if they could upset Baylor. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it would make more sense if they didn't let their best player from last year transfer to BYU. Very um, true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that first game of Purdue is in Purdue. It is. Yes. I thought so. Yeah. Um. So the next game is Texas tech versus Utah state. Utah State has been one of the uh, one of the popular picks, upset picks. Uh, I like Texas Tech. Chris Beard. I also have Texas done. Tech. Uh, Chris Beard gets it done. Mac McClung is uh, he should at least get a job at the next level. Um, so yeah, I like I like Texas Tech, and they are they're they're a team that's usually built for March. So I agree very much. So I love Texas Tech this year. Um. The next game is Arkansas Colgate, um, and I they they will play the winner in Texas Tech, and I personally have Arkansas winning this because I don't believe in Colgate, but I do have Arkansas uh, losing to Texas Tech. That's how much. Um, I um what are we on? Uh, <laughs> Arkansas Colgate. Oh, Arkansas Colgate is going to be a good game. It's going to be first to a hundred probably wins the game. Uh, right. They're both incredibly high scoring. I like Arkansas, uh, yeah. and I like Arkansas to beat Texas Tech because I, I think I've told you, but Arkansas uh, they have one really really good freshman, uh, Moody, and then they've all their other players are either transfers in or things like that. So uh, they've done a new way of recruiting. So I'd like to see if it works. Uh, um, they're very long, um, they're fast, and like I said, they score at will. So um, I like I like Arkansas a lot. I mean, fair enough, man. I I like picking some upsets here and there, but that if I I'm interested to see too. I kind of forgot that Arkansas was the team you were telling me about with the the weird transferring scenarios yeah, and everything. Them in uh, Cleveland State. Okay, I think that's where I I remembered Cleveland State that you were telling me about, but I guess I kind of forgot yeah. about Arkansas. Um, the next game is Florida versus Virginia Tech. I haven't seen either two of these. What seeds are these? This is seven ten. 
Um, Florida, I'll take went, Florida. I'll take Florida. Florida went 14 and nine. Virginia Tech went 15 and six on the year. I have Virginia Tech. Uh, I didn't yeah, I take it back. I want Virginia Tech too because the ACC was much harder than that's exactly yeah. where I was going. Uh, they have a, a worse record potentially, uh, or not potentially, they kind of do. Uh, they didn't play nearly as many games as Florida did, but they played a lot better competition. So I like a, uh, Virginia Tech as an upset there. Then we have Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts is actually, they're usually in the tournament almost every year, but Ohio State, it's, it's going to be a weird game. It's probably going to be closer than most people anticipate, but Ohio State will win. I agree. Ohio State just, I mean, they, they play to the level of their competition. Yeah, I, I feel like that is a good summary of that, especially I loved watching that Big Ten championship game, dude. That, that was so much fun to watch, um, and I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing that seeing more from both teams. Um, do, do you want to do the round of 32 for this side next or go straight down to the Midwest region? Just go down to the Midwest region. All right. And we did all the way through the to the Sweet 16 on the other side, right? Right. So that would be just doing the uh, the round all of right, 32. So, yeah, just go all the way down and then just go all the way down to the Sweet 16, and then we'll cut it off there and we'll kind of pick it up on Monday. Okay. Uh, Illinois versus Drexel. Illinois, Drexel's a fraud. Uh, the best Should team in the CAA, the CAA this year was James Madison. They just yeah. fucked up and didn't win the tournament. So, um, <laughs> Drexel. Uh, Drexel's a bunch of frauds. Yeah, I have Illinois um, as well. Loyola, Chicago versus Georgia Tech. Uh, big news, Georgia Tech's best player and the ACC player of the year is out from uh, protocols. Um so I actually like um, whoever you said they're playing. Who are they? Loyola playing? Chicago sister. Yes, Jean. Loyola Chicago and sis, his sister Jean will be there. Uh, she yep. just got the COVID shot. I think either yesterday or the day before, so she will be there. Um, I'm already sick of Loyola Chicago. Um, I think they win, but I'm already sick of them. I want them off my TV screen. Right. I, I went with Loyola Chicago as well. Not even knowing Georgia Tech's best player was out. So, yeah, I mean, Loyola Chicago has been in the, t- in the top 10 in Ken Palm all year, which is insane. Right. <clears throat> uh, next game, we have Tennessee versus Oregon State. Oregon State made the run to secure their bid in their conference I like championship Oregon State. game. I like Oregon State. I think they're playing hot, and I don't think Tennessee – Tennessee, when they played in the SEC semifinal, I think they kind of gave that all their effort, and uh, they didn't win. So, uh, no, I – I like that. Yeah. Uh, I also went with Oregon State. Uh, and it's weird and because it, I don't remember the last time I've had two 12 seeds advance in, in a I, bracket. Who One of the ESPN guys I was reading today said uh, he picked all the 12s in the first round. Really? Uh, Who's the yeah. other? Oh, well, I had three. Excuse me. I had three 12 seeds advance. The only one I didn't have was USBC. And that, that, it's entirely possible. That USBC? UCSB. Whoops. I'm dyslexic. We've UCSB. been over this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I picked three 12 seeds to move on as well. So this is the year of upsets on the fives, I guess. Um, next one, fan favorite of mine, Oklahoma State versus Liberty for the 4-13 matchup. Uh, I think this is – this sucks for Liberty because I think Liberty is a good team. Yep. 
sadly, they just run into the Cade Cunningham bulldozer and lose. Uh, like I said, Cade Cunningham is good enough to take a team pretty much by himself. Uh, he reminds me of Carmelo Anthony a little bit. Yeah. No three. Um, I don't think he'll go as far because I think it's much tougher nowadays to do it than it was back then. Yep. But uh, I like them winning. I, you know, like I said, I like Liberty a lot. I just don't like them against Oklahoma State. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with everything that you said, especially the comparison to Carmelo Anthony. Um, I just because I like I said, I like picking upset brackets. I have a, an entire bracket devoted to Oklahoma State winning it, just because. Because I, like you said, I was looking at him as Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo Anthony won it. So like, yeah, but you got to make that be you got you got to make that be your only bracket. Then like, you can't just have like what you're basically I have doing. Six brackets, David. What, what, what you're basically doing is you're going around to all your friends and you're starting a conversation about the tournament, and then when they say a team that you did have winning it, you'll be like, oh, I had that team win it all in my fourteenth bracket. Well, no. So I only submit one into like the, the, whatever tournaments I'm doing, but I do just some other ones for fun. So I have six brackets. One of them has Gonzaga winning, which is the one that I've entered because like it's Gonzaga. Um, then I have one with Texas tech, one with Oklahoma state, one with Iowa, one with Illinois and one with West Virginia. None with North Carolina. Wow. That's a bold move. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go on. Um, next one is, uh, San Diego state versus Syracuse. Um, I am never picking Syracuse oh. to win a, win a tournament game. So I went with San Diego state. I like Syracuse. Buddy Bayheim's the man. Yeah. He's also yeah. too, he's also way too tall to be called buddy. <laughs> right. How could I forget like the height six, factor? It's like six, 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 seven. Like it's not buddy. That's like felon or something. <laughs> oh my god um great love that uh, uh west virginia takes on moorhead state um i usually would like moorhead state i just don't like them against west virginia uh, i think yeah. west virginia is i mean bob huggins if there's ever a coach you want to look to a, mo- a model of consistency over the past 20 years it's pretty much bob huggins um they always have a top 20 team they're always very good at defense and they usually have a pretty good, they don't really, their offense usually runs through uh, a, a floor general type point guard. So um, I like right. West Virginia a lot. I, I also like West Virginia a lot. Um, the next game is Clemson versus Rutgers. This was uh, actually, I think the hardest game for me to pick. Uh, this is not a hard game for me to pick. Um Rutgers is going to be Clemson. It's just going to, it just, it'll go to show how much better the big 10 this was at basketball this year than any other conference. Yeah. I mean, I, I picked Rutgers as well, strictly because of them being in the big 10, but like the ACC was still really good too. And Clemson, like they hung around, they weren't fantastic, but like Rutgers, yeah, they had a little, little spike in there in the season because they, they just kind of fell apart a little bit, but they're still a, very, a really good team because they were playing against Big Ten teams when that spike had happened, when they were playing the you know yeah. the Illinois and the yeah. you know rest of the the Michigan like they, they were just in the harder conference. So I like Rutgers a lot. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat the guys that move on in the next round, but I love Rutgers to upset there. 
Um, then the last game of the round of yeah, 64. I mean, oh, go ahead. I, I mean, if you think about it, uh, I mean, if there wasn't Gonzaga and Baylor this year, there's a pretty good chance that all four number one seeds would have been Big Ten teams. Right. Because there, there was Michigan. Gonzaga, it would be Ohio State, Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa. Yeah. That's, You're probably yeah. looking at the four one seeds. Yeah. That, it's insane. And then, like, if you'd move that up, like, Purdue could potentially jump into a two seed. And yeah. I don't know, Wisconsin probably wouldn't get a two seed, but they could move up to a, a three or a four. Like, oh, no, Wisconsin is very, Wisconsin is way underseeded as a nine. They should yeah. be, they should be at least a seven, I would think. I mean, I, the Big Ten was just so much better than every other conference this year. Yeah. And it wasn't even close. Like, there, there was no comparison. Yeah. So, uh, I agree 100%. And it, it, it's kind of scary to, to look at it that way. I didn't even think about if Gonzaga and Baylor weren't there. But it, it would literally be like ones and two seeds are all the Big Ten. Um, so then the last game of the round of 64 is Houston versus Cleveland State. Uh, I think this will be closer than a lot of people expect. Um, I think Houston wins. One of the um, – weird things about Houston is uh, in the beginning of the season uh, at the end of fall last year, their best player left the program and they haven't missed a beat ever since he's been gone. So uh, I think Houston's for real this year. Um, I know I did an article for flurry about two months ago about where some of your best odds to find a national championship was. Uh, I think Houston was like plus 700 or something like that, or maybe higher. Uh, uh, And I, 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 say go with them because they have the profile of a team that can win the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, I have them going all the way to the, I think it's the elite eight. Am I wrong? That looks like the elite eight is where I have them going to. Um, Any who's the round of 32 for these, uh, these sides of the bracket, this side of the bracket. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was Baylor, which we both said versus North Carolina. Uh, I would love to see North Carolina win. Um, and while I think it right now, it's actually more likely than it ever has been or ever was this year. Um, because Baylor after that, after they came back from that COVID break, they've not been the same Baylor team. Um, messed up the mojo. I mean, but they still get past North Carolina. North Carolina is just, isn't experienced enough in the wings and at the point. So, yeah. I, I also – I remember I chose Wisconsin for that one, and I have them getting past Wisconsin as well. Yeah, and even – I mean, uh, UNC is terrible at threes. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to play a game against Baylor and miss all their threes. So, yeah, yep. I like Baylor to move on to the Sweet 16. Um, so then the next matchup was – I think we both had Winthrop, and I think we both had Purdue as well. Yes. Um, I didn't know that, that they would play Purdue next. I guess I would need to see exactly where that game is. I would think it would still be at Purdue if it's a second round uh, game. This says it's at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, like they're turning it into a I like Winthrop court. then. I, uh, you know what? Yeah, I, I was wrong. Uh, I, I was wrong here. I like Purdue Winthrop is- then. I like Okay. Um, they're playing at Lucas Oil for their first game as well, but it's basically going to be a Purdue home game. 
Yeah, um, I, I still like Winthrop in that second round. Um, I think really, I think Winthrop is the best best underdog we've had in a while um, since Loyola yeah. Chicago. <laughs> I mean, Loyola Chicago. Really, I mean, they were, but I mean, UMBC was the bet the better ones, right? Um, so then the next matchup is Texas Tech versus Arkansas. Uh, I know that you picked Ar- or Texas Tech. I like Texas Tech. I like Chris Beard. I just like Coach Eric Musselman and uh, Moody a lot better than I like anyone on Texas Tech. So uh, unless Mac McClung can uh, come out of his body and have a out of his body type performance, uh, they're just they're not gonna not gonna. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so then the last one for this section is Virginia Tech versus Ohio State. I think once again, this comes down to which was the better conference this year. And I think Ohio State was the better, or the Big Time was the better conference. Um, Virginia Tech had a good year. Uh, and they're probably one of the programs that is rising. Uh, it's one of the more like where you think about football, where you think it's a football school, but they're actually rising as a basketball program. It's the same thing with Texas Tech and the same thing with um, Texas A&M as well. Um, so um, what game are we yeah. talking about? Ohio State, Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, I still like Ohio State. Like I said, I think the yeah. Big Ten that much better this year. And um, the, the, the thing that makes Ohio State tough to play is their ability to play at whatever pace you want them to play at. Like yeah, uh, they can run on you if they want. I, they would prefer not to run, but they can if they need to. And uh, they also just added, which is very funny. Um, they, they added, uh, at, so when, once the second semester started at Ohio State, they added a high school player from Cleveland who graduated early. His name is Michi Johnson. He's good. He's a really good shooter, so it'll have him out. But the fact that he was able to enroll early in Ohio State is all kinds of messed up, and they're going to look into it. His dad is basically his, – his name is Sonny Johnson. His dad is the uh, – he's like the biggest high school coach in Ohio, and he does all this recruiting stuff. So it's just very funny that somehow his son got to play in Ohio State uh, a year early. So. But no, yeah. he's a good shooter, and like I said, they can they can play at different paces, and they have a pretty good set of inside outside type of players. So uh, they're one of the more well rounded teams in the tournament this year. I agree, um, which is crazy I, considering that we had our first episode, and I think we talked about how bad Ohio State sucks, and then like we finally started talking about college basketball again like a month later, and Ohio State was like in the top five, and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's also really amazing to like kind of look and see how they're both good at football and now basketball. It's really hard to, for a school to kind of put that together. I don't think anyone really has been able to do both. Um, Alabama this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm saying prior to this year. It's funny to yeah, see yeah, how uh, like them, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson have all kind of like been able to put out a, a decent product in basketball now. Two good yeah. products. I mean, Ohio State and Alabama are twos. Okay. Um, anyway, to kind of finish this off because I have class, um, we have Illinois versus Loyola, Chicago. Um, Illinois. 
Illinois is just so much better. It's not even funny. Yes. Um, then we have Oregon State versus Oklahoma State. Uh, I went Oklahoma State, of course, because Cade Cunningham is Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I, I like uh, who are they playing? Oregon State. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like Oregon State to have m- enough momentum to get through that first round matchup uh, after their hot streak at the end there. Not enough to shut down uh, Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate. It's- I will say it. there are some other decently good players on Oklahoma State. So yeah, it's just Cade Cunningham, Cunningham, Cunningham is a it's different just breed. Mostly case, just mostly Cade Cunningham. Yeah, um, it's really unfortunate for both Oregon State and Liberty to have to play Oklahoma State. Uh, if they were in any other portion of the bracket, I, I'd love to see them go deeper. Yeah, Liberty, especially yeah. if they were in the East. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we also have to talk about. I mean, what a cakewalk. It should be for Gonzaga. I mean, yeah, they they got put in the easiest bracket. You know, it's not even funny. It, like, it, I mean, it, it's clear that the NCAA is like, all right, you guys need to win a national championship so people people can stop making jokes about it now. Like, <laughs> but, um, yeah. then is the last. Uh, no, we got two okay. more. There's San Diego State versus West Virginia. I like West um, Virginia. I also like West Virginia. Huggy Bear live on. And then uh, Rutgers he, he versus still alive. <laughs> he's still alive, yeah. Yeah, he's still alive, all right, in that tourney. All right, go to the next uh, one. And then the last game is Rutgers versus Houston. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. Uh, it's I went not Houston. Really interesting matchup. Houston is going to dominate. Probably, but you got to remember Rutgers, like we were just talking about, they played in the Big Ten, so maybe they're a little more battle-ready than we yeah. think. Oh, but- I totally agree. Um all right, so that's uh, it's pretty much gonna do it. Um, you gotta get to class. I have to go to sleep. I'm tired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I have to do some other stuff for FCS this weekend. Um, but so uh, to close it all out, Tom, we of course have some questions for you. For me, um, oh boy. Uh, never mind. Okay, just have fun in Atlantic City. Um, don't get arrested. I know you think that you're 21 now and you can't get arrested. It's in fact false. You still can get arrested. Very, very um, good assumption. Thank you. I, 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 do I, my best. Hard, I learned that the hard way. Um, uh, so have fun. Uh, definitely fill me in on what bets you're placing. And if they have a live sports book, I will be Venmoing you money to put in bets for me. <laughs> All right, man. I will. Um, uh, I'll keep you posted. But, I might hit you up for some of the games there. No, I, I, I'm just kidding. But yeah, definitely have some fun. Like I said, don't be a complete idiot. Um, and then best. next week's, uh, like I said, also that Craig Haley interview will be added either into this or on the same page. Uh, I'm also putting it on Flurry because they want me to put it on there too. So that's a good interview if you want to know more about the spring FCS season and sure. who you should be looking at towards the end of the year. Um, and then I think that's it. And then next week's schedule, I think we'll probably do Monday and Thursday, or we might switch it up depending on what days the tournament uh, are playing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Where's we'll, the break? Yep. Yeah. We'll take, we'll play it by ear. Um, but we'll look, we'll hopefully probably have two shows next week and then maybe just one the following week, but we'll see. So uh, like I said, Tom, have fun, bud. And uh Yeah. Thank you, man. I I appreciate it. Let's go dogs, baby. You already know. (laughs) All right.